Does anybody know what today is on the church calendar? Ah, uh, okay. I thought maybe y'all no, y'all weren't here first service. Okay, right. It's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, that that one doesn't get as much PR as uh, you know the two big ones, right? Christmas and Easter. You know, uh, you, you know, you can go down, you know, down to the. Uh, drugstore, you know, and you can get a, an Easter card, you know, and send somebody. I didn't see any Pentecost Sunday cards. Y'all see those this week? I didn't see any. Didn't get any either, you know. Uh, and, I, and I guess uh, one of the things is there's so much of Christmas and Easter that now is about it. I mean, think about it. If we got rid of the red man in the suit and little bunny rabbit that hops around, I mean, how much would we really be remembering Christmas and Easter as well, right? Okay, but there's Christmas, there's Easter, but there's also this Pentecost day as well. Uh, Christmas is the day we remember that Jesus Christ came for us. Uh, Easter is the day we remember that He died and then rose again for us. Okay, but Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, it's a different day. Today we're not talking about what He has done. You know, He came for us. He died for us. We're not talking about what He has done for us. Today we're talking about what He can do through us. And He wants to do something through you, okay? So that, that's what this message is really all about today. And, and uh, if you will, with, for just a moment, go back with me in time, 2,000 years. Imagine you're a disciple, okay? Imagine you're a disciple, uh, probably a teenager, maybe 20, 21, 22, something like that. I know I uh, said some of you are too old to hear this message, right? No, no, come on, think. Go back with me a little bit in time. Imagine you're a disciple, and uh, here, here's what you've got to remember about yourself as a disciple. You have said goodbye to everything in your life pretty much. You said goodbye to family, you've left your career, you've left your future. You know, if your dad owned a lot of money and, and uh, land and whatever, you said goodbye to all that, you wrote all of that off, you started following Jesus around, you know, just city to city, out in the middle of nowhere, here and there, seeing everything for three years. You gave three years of your life. Now, uh, for some of you, you know, three years, you know, that's a lot, but it's not a long, long time. But for some of you guys, three years is a long time, right? I mean, you think about it. And, and a lot of the disciples, they were 15 years old or maybe even younger. And so for three years, they, they gave, you know, three of their prime years they gave to Jesus. They saw Him heal people. They saw Him raise people from the dead. Think about it. You were there. If you were one of these disciples, you were there when He stood at the tomb and they rolled the stone away and He said, Lazarus, come forth. And a man that had been dead for four days walked out. You saw all this. You saw Him one day speak to a man that was full of so many devils that they called themselves together legion. And Jesus spoke to those devils and they, they left that man and they got into a, a, a herd of pigs and the pigs, uh, they went crazy and they ran off, the, ran off a cliff and drowned themselves in the ocean because they didn't want to be filled with the devils. You know, and you saw all of this and then all of a sudden Jesus dies on the cross of Calvary and it's over. It's over. And how do you carry on from that? How do you go on from there? I meant from, from that point on, how, how do you do something else? I mean, what's next? And I think what a, a lot of us do is we get to those places in our life, right? You get to those kinds of places. It seems like everything ends. It's like, oh, well, that was great for a while. You know, church was good this morning. But what about on Tuesday or Thursday or Friday and Saturday? You know, you're really struggling. It's like you're looking back and saying, you know, it's in. So how do I carry on from here? And, and can I tell you something? Jesus wants you to do more than just carry on. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. He wants you to do more than just carry on. Okay, so here's where they are. Day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost. Okay, now remember, you're still 2,000 years ago with me. On the day of Pentecost, it's been 50 days since Jesus Christ died on Calvary. It's been 48 days since He rose on the, the third day, the third, the third morning that day. It's been 48 days since He rose and defeated death, hell, and, and, and the grave. 
It's been uh, 47 and a half days since he was with them in that room. After he had resurrected, he was with them in that room and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's been five weeks since they saw his last uh, 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 miracle that he performed, the one that he did there on the shores of Galilee when it was the second time that, he, that they had that, that, that big catch of fish that almost sunk their boats. Second time he did that. It's been five weeks now. Okay, so on Pentecost, it's been five weeks. It's been a long time since all this happened. You know, think about how far Easter is back. I mean, it's 49 days. That's, that's really what Pentecost is. Pentecost is a, is, a fest, is a festival. It's a feast that was 50 days after the Passover, and that's when Jesus was crucified. So it's 49 plus that extra day stuck in there. You know, so it's 50 days from there to there. That's a long time, isn't it? It's actually the last time I wore this coat because this is my Easter uh, coat that I wore this year, okay? You know, so it's been a long time, you know, since, uh, since, since you saw me in a coat, right? It's been a long time. That's where they were. It had been a long time since all these things happened. And now it's even been 10 days since Jesus left the earth. Jesus walked them out to, a, to the top of a mount, and, and he gave them one last little piece of advice and a couple of little things to say, and, and, and he left them. And now it's been 10 days since he left them. And you know what? Nothing has changed. You know, nothing has changed. They're, they're, they're still, they still have not started ministering. They've still not been praying for people and, and miracles begin happening. None of that has changed. Okay, I want you to get that. None of that has changed. See, Jesus told them something that day when, when He was standing on the mount and He was about to be ascended up back to the Father. He told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the, the first part of that says, but you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, and just like, just like we've got Christmas and Easter and Pentecost Sunday in the same way, follow me here if you can. It is awesome if you're a child of God and you have accepted Jesus Christ because He came for you. And you've accepted Him and He is your Savior. It is awesome. And you have an, you have an awesome eternity waiting on you one day. You know, don't call it heaven, okay? Because when you say heaven, you say, we're going to heaven one day. You know what people think about it. They've got these ideas of, you know, we're all going to be sitting on a cloud, you know, with halos and angel wings and playing harps, right? I mean, that's what people think. That, that is nothing like what your eternal existence is going to be. It is going to be more awesome than anything you can imagine. If you want to get an idea of what it's about, go back to Genesis, the first couple of chapters, and see what, how beautiful God had created this earth. And that's what it's going to It's going to be more like that than anything you can imagine. It's, you've got this awesome thing, okay? So, so if, you're, if you've accepted Christ... Man, you've got an, an awesome future and an awesome eternity. But, but also, just like with Easter, if you have accepted Him because He defeated death, hell, the grave, temptations, He defeated Satan, because He defeated all that, you can too. And because of that, you now don't just have an eternal life one day, you can have an abundant life here. You don't have to live under, under defeat and, and under, the, uh, under all the stress of the troubles. You can live above and beyond all that. You can have abundant life. But there's also Pentecost. And because of Pentecost, you're supposed to have what? Power. Because of Pentecost, you have power. You see, Jesus made them a promise. And this was, this was, he just had a few hours left to live. You know, back before Pentecost, just about 51 days before Pentecost, he made them a promise. You know what his promise was? His promise was not, hey, when I leave here, you guys are going to hold down the fort for me until I get back. You know what? That's the, I think that's the way a lot of Christians look at what they're supposed to do. I believe that's the way a lot of churches look at what they're supposed to do, is hold down the fort. How many of you, I mean, is that exciting, hold down the fort? Try not to get hurt while I'm gone. I mean, is that something your parents said to you, you know, when you're little? Try not to get hurt while I'm gone or whatever, you know, don't mess up too much. You know, and that's the way, I think that's the way a lot of people look at the call that God has given them, is don't mess up too much, 
That is not what he, that is not the calling that he has left with us. He didn't say, just hold down the fort. He didn't say, just maintain. He didn't say, don't, don't lose what I've given you. No, he wants us to be aggressive. Come on now. Some of you over here need to help me, okay? Because I, I know this is, this is where we get to. And, and I want to say this, and I, I want to be kind to us, those of you who are my age and older, maybe just a little younger than me, is because what happens is we get to a place where we say, well, I think my time is probably past for God to use me that way. If you feel that way, I'm so sorry for you. I, I, I just literally pity you today. If you believe that your time has passed, that God cannot use you to do amazing and awesome things. And if that's who you are, I'm sorry you got to listen to the rest of this message. But I want to preach to some people this morning. Some people who believe that God still has something awesome to do for their life. And especially some people over here who have yet to even get to that place and now realize that, wait a minute, I'm as old as the disciples were. Then it's time for me to actually be used of God to do something amazing. Because here, let me take you to the scripture of that promise I was telling you about where Jesus didn't say you're going to hold down the fort. 51 days before Pentecost, he said this in John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, they will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. Greater things than these. What, what things? Greater things. Think about that. What have they been seeing? They've been seeing Jesus heal people. And Jesus now says, you're going to do greater than this. They had seen Jesus call Lazarus out of the tomb. They saw Jesus stop a funeral in the middle of the streets of Nain and raise a little boy back to life in the middle of his own funeral. And Jesus is saying, you're going to do even greater things than this. Could somebody just believe this morning? Could somebody have a big dream? Come on, some of us are too old to have a big dream anymore. Could, could you guys help us have a dream this morning? Could you dream today that God wants to do greater things than you? And listen, I'm not saying this. Jesus Christ is saying this about himself. I'm not saying that you're going to be greater than Jesus. I'm saying that Jesus said you are going to do greater things than even he did when he walked here on the face of the earth. Oh, somebody, come on, stir up the dream again and believe that God has called you to amazing, awesome things. He's, he's called you to do something tremendous. And how's it going to happen? Is it because all those things I told you was 50 days from his death and 40, 48 days from his resurrection and, and five weeks from the last uh, miracle that, you know, that they witnessed? All those things, and it's like nothing is happening, nothing is happening. When's it going to happen? And it hadn't happened yet. When did it happen? It happened. Right here, because Jesus said, you're going to do greater things. Why? Because I'm going back to the Father. And skip down to verse 16. He says, and when I get back to the Father, I'm going to ask the Father. And He will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And He was talking about what we call Pentecost. It really just means the festival. That's just the day it kind of happened. He was talking about the Holy Spirit is going to bring you power. And He will be with you. Forever. That means every day, every moment. That means today. That means tomorrow. That doesn't just mean on Sunday for an hour and 15 minutes. It means He will be with you forever. He, he will be with you and, and giving you power to do all these things. Do what kinds of things? Okay. And now here, just before we get in, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit here for a few moments. Just before we get to them, I want you to understand I know who I'm preaching to this morning. I'm not preaching to the apostles. I'm not preaching to Peter and John and James and the Apostle Paul. I'm not preaching to Billy Graham. Anybody say Billy Graham in the house this morning? I mean, I'm not preaching to Billy Graham this morning. I'm preaching to you. I'm talking to you. Every single person sitting here this morning, God says, you, if you'll allow me, you will do greater things 
than my son did when he lived, when he was here on this earth. You, okay? I'm not talking to anybody. I'm talking to you, okay? You, you don't check out right now. Because this is what we do, I, I know, and, and this morning we're going to get into a little bit of a study here, and we don't have time for a study, you know, I mean, I need to spend like one sermon on every one of these gifts, and we don't have time for that this morning. We're going to have to hurry, but as we get into these, into these things, I know what we do a lot, we check out, we think, oh, that's, oh, I could never do anything like that. No, I want you to see that you can, that this, this is not some, you know, we kind of see this as a big existential kind of a thing, you know, going on out. No, no, no. God wants to use you to do something amazing in somebody's life. And it happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8, 9, and 10. I'm not going to read those verses, just going to pull out the gifts from those verses. And the first one is the word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom is knowing how. And sometimes God just gives us a word of how to do something. Okay, let, let me tell you, and, and, and I, this didn't come to my mind until between services today, so the early service didn't hear this. But just a few weeks ago, about three, maybe four weeks ago, someone gave, someone called me on the phone, and and they said, they said, Pastor, I, I, you know, I've got a job and I really need a better job, and and so uh, I, I, I've got to make a decision, Pastor, and and uh, here's the other job, here's some details, and here's the things, and and you ever had anybody ask you that? I mean, somebody's putting their future in my hand, they're putting their career in my hand, they're putting their family, their finances, you know. I mean, it's, you know, they're, you know, everything about them, they're putting in my hand right there. They're asking me, I'm, you know what? All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, God, I got to have some help here. Somebody is asking me for, you know, th- th- it's one of those things, you know, like, this is above my pay grade, God. You know, for me to start telling somebody how to live their life and which job to take and all of that. And boom, God drops something in my spirit right then. I'm on the phone with him. By the time they finish, I ask him a question. And you know what he says? He says, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even see that. And so I, I'm like, well, you know, that's just God, just the way God works, you know. And so, you know what he did? He had to turn the other job down because God just dropped something in, in the middle of our conversation right there. He had to turn the other job down. Right after the first service, guess what? He came to me. He said, hey, i got to tell you something about that other job. He said, that other job, the one that I turned down, he said, they came back and they offered me just as much money. He said, they changed the situation around it and made this a better job than, the, than, than it was going to be in the first place. And thank God, I didn't take it three or four weeks ago when it would have put me in a hole, but, I, but now God has turned it around and made it. You see, th- that's the kind of thing God wants to do. He'll drop a word of wisdom right into your mind and your spirit for you to speak to somebody. You see, this is not something crazy and woo weird of that kind of a thing. I mean, it's just, it's just God wants to just drop something in your spirit that you to share, like the word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is knowing what to do. Now, I, I, like I said in the first service, I would, have, uh, I, I would have reversed these. I would have started with a knowing what, and then I would have said knowing how to do the what. But uh, this is the way God led uh, Paul to list them, so that's the way, the, the way we're going to go through the list, okay? Knowing what to do. And you know, and I, this is something I didn't share in the first service. It, it just hit me as we started watching that Heirs of Hope video a few moments ago, so at some point in the, in, early in the service, it just hit me and I thought, that was a word of knowledge. For God to share with April, to do that thing. You don't, you don't believe how many people I've had come to me and say, my daughter needed that so much. And these girls said, this was such a blessing to me. That was a word of knowledge for God to say, April, do this. You know how I know that? Because I would not in a million years have thought, let's get all the girls together. And let's let them all play dress up. 
And we're going to put little crowns on their heads. You know, we're going to take pictures and we're going to put them in a limo. We're going to drive them across town and let them wave like they're somebody, you know, and sit down and have a meal. There is no way in the world I would have thought of that. How, how in the world did it? And, and, you know, it's easy for us to say, yeah, we'll just see. And I, I know some of you thought that. I'm sorry. I, I was a little bit like, I, I, I don't know about this. But you know what I've learned? I've learned that when God starts leading somebody, it's best to just back off and let God lead them and let God do that thing. And so we, we, we said, yeah, go for it, April. You know, and, and when she needed something, yeah, let's get it. Let's do it. And man, it was amazing and awesome. Why? Because it was, it was like a word of knowledge. April, here is what these girls need. Something They need to be encouraged and be told that they have value and worth. How do we do that? Here's the way, April. That's a word of knowledge. That's how God does this. It's not some weird, eerie thing. I mean, that's the way God does this thing. Uh, and then there's a faith, right? Is that the next one? Great, great thing. Yes. Deep faith for a specific time or situation. Every person, the Word of God tells us every person has a seed of faith or a measure of faith. It was this faith that, that enabled you to start believing in Jesus Christ. But the, there's a gift of the Spirit called the gift of faith that is a deeper faith for a specific situation or time. Okay, here's a great example to me. Okay, is, and I'm in the book of Acts in my own personal study right now, my own personal Bible and devotion time. And I just read the other day about Simon Peter and this lady named Dorcas. Okay, uh, Dorcas or Tabitha based on whether you, you the Aramaic or the, or the Greek. You know, I like Dorcas better than Tabitha. Okay, same lady, but they just, she just had two names, you know, one in one language, one in the other. And she had done all these awesome things for the poor, and she dies. Now the church, all the church, you know, this is after Jesus Christ is re- resurrected. This is after Pentecost, you know, and, and the power of the Spirit has come. And, 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 you know, they're all crying because she's died. And they find out that Peter's not too far away. Now, not too far away means a 12-hour walk. My study, that's what, the 12-hour walk. And so they send for Peter. And so Simon Peter comes as fast as he can. Maybe he had a donkey, didn't have to walk that far. I don't know, but he gets there. And so they carry him up to the room where her body is laid, this dead body is laid, and they got all these quilts and things because that's the kind of thing she did, is she made quilts and, and, and clothes for the poor. And they had all this room full of all this stuff that she was making that she was about to give away to the poor. And they're all crying and saying, you know, Simon Peter, you know, this just isn't right. You know, we need her. She is such a blessing. And da 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 da. And Simon Peter says, okay, everybody get out. And he's going to pray and he's going to ask God to, to, to bring this woman back to life. Now, the end of the story is that he prays, and yes, God does bring this woman back to life. That's not the point I want to make to you right here. I want to make it not about the miracle working power. I want to make the point to you about the faith factor right here. Can you put yourself in Simon Peter's position there for just a moment? I mean, you know, you're saying, you know, there's a dead woman laying in front of him. And he's about to pray, God, I want you to raise her up. I mean, I don't even know if I could get the words out of my mouth, you know. To, to, to say, y'all get out of here, I'm going to pray that God heals this woman. I don't even know. I don't think I've got that kind of faith. I don't know that Simon Peter did either. I mean, if you look at his track record, he probably didn't. But there was a gift of faith through the Holy Spirit given to him at that moment that he could pray, God, I ask you. You know, because you know what I'm thinking? Man, as I'm starting to bow down, pray for that lady. I'm starting to think about what plan B is going to be. If God doesn't raise her up, what am I going to tell these people? This was God's plan, the way he's doing this. And, you know, and I'm trying to figure all this kind of stuff out. I'm, that's me, you know? I'm trying to figure that out. But God gave him a faith to pray the prayer, God, raise this lady back from death. Some of you are having to believe things that are impossible. 
in your life and around you and for people around you. You're having to believe things that are absolutely impossible. And if, and, and if you told people what you were praying for, some people would laugh at you as if, as if I would almost laugh at Simon Peter for praying that prayer to the, uh, that day. But there, there is a gift of faith that God can give you to believe because you've got family members that you are having to believe the impossible. And God is giving you the faith to stand and believe that yes, He is going to do it. Some of you is for your parents. Some of you is for your children. Some of it's for, for other people. And God will give you that gift of faith. And if you've lost, if you've lost that ability, I pray God stirs in you again. And He allows you to begin believing this. And then I think it's a miracles, right? Miracles. Things that are beyond natural explanation. Okay? Uh, if you can do it yourself, then it's not a miracle. A miracle is something that happens beyond natural explanation. Let me just say this real quick. When there is no answer, when there is no solution, when there is no help, when there is no hope, that's God's opportunity to work a miracle. And as long as you've got an answer, you don't need a miracle. As long as you have a solution, you don't need a miracle. As long as you have the help. You know, if I can come help you get it done this afternoon, you don't need a miracle. But when you get past all of those things, you have nothing else. That's God's opportunity for a miracle. You know what? We need, we need, some, we need some people to start believing again. That when we get to the end of the rope, and there's not even enough rope to tie a knot and hang on to, you know, like they say when you get to the end of the rope. If you get to the end of the rope and there's nothing left, we need some people who will start believing again. That God can work miracles even though we're at the end of our rope. And when you run into those situations out there, when you run into those situations at school and with your friends and co-workers and your family, that you start believing that God will work a miracle. And then there's the gifts of healing. Supernatural healing. If the doc gives you two, you know, two uh, aspirin and you go home and take them and your headache's better, that's not the gift of healing, Okay. I got, I got a healing Thursday night during deeper. And, and, and I, I just have to tell you this. It's Thursday night. I felt horrible. Hopefully everybody didn't know it. I felt horrible. I felt horrible for two days. And I'd been to the doctor. I'd gotten the shot. I was taking the medicine. I'd felt horrible. And I spoke for about 15 minutes Wednesday night about, you know, going deeper and believing and asking God, you know, and, and, and believing God and praying and asking God for that. And so then I get done, you know, and I step down there, you know, and get back into praise and worship, and it's time for everybody to start praying. And, and God said, well, okay, you're telling everybody else to do it. How about you? I said, okay, God, I want this and this and this. Okay, this wasn't flipping, okay? I wasn't saying, I'll take, uh, you know, a, a bass boat uh, before I get home, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I want a bigger, you know, big truck that I can pull it with, or, you know, and I, I you know, need a big raise or what. No, no, these were things I needed right there. One of them was a little healing. God, I got to have a healing. I, I gotta quit feeling like this. I, I cannot get through the rest of this week, preach on Sunday like this. You've got to, I, and he healed me right then. I don't mean I got home and I felt better. I mean right then. I, and, and, and I told him, I said, God, and if you'll do this, I'll tell everybody. I want you to know that God healed me right in the middle. This was not a, I'm gonna get home and find out about it. This was right there. I've got two more that I'm praying for that I laid for then, there. And you know, I like, I like how God does that, doesn't he? You know, it's kinda like he's got this big whole loaf of all these things he's gonna give you. And you know, it's like He gives you that first one just to give you an appetite for another miracle. And I'm just waiting on the next one because it's coming. I got that healing. And it, and, it, and it seems like a little thing to everybody who wasn't sick. 
Come on. It's just a little, you know, what, what do they say? Like, you know, minor surgery is what? It's what somebody else has, you know. And a little sickness is what somebody else has. When you're the one with the sickness, and you're the one that's got to give the devotion, you're the one that's got to have faith. And let me tell you, it was a big thing for me. And God stopped it right there. He healed me right then, right that moment, that night. I got, that's the gift of healing. I've been to the doctor. The doctor couldn't do it. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been to every doctor 12 years, couldn't get there. But she touched Jesus. She was immediately made whole. And because the same power that flowed from Jesus into her, it said healing virtue, the same power that flowed from Jesus into her is the same power that wants to flow from you into somebody else that needs a healing. Wants to, and uh, then with prophecies, prophecy, a specific word for another person. Let me tell you what to do here. See, because here's the way most of us do. When somebody starts telling us about all their problems, what do we do? We start... You know, egging them on a little bit. Yeah, I know. Let me tell you what happened to me, right? That's what we do. We say, oh, that, that, that don't hold a candle to what I've been through. Hey, let me tell you what it's like at my house. You know, we, we, we start, you know, we start trying to better the other person. You know, no, my problems are worse than yours. Is that what Jesus Christ really uh, thought of that, that he had kind of in mind with his church that when other people have problems, we just empathize with them? So, oh man, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh. I mean, here's what to do. You know, and I had one just the other day. I was thinking, oh my goodness, I know. They started telling me something. I was thinking, oh my goodness, I ain't got 20 minutes. I know this is going to be a 20 minute story. And you start hoping and praying the cell phone's going to ring, you know, and you got to get somewhere to go or something, you know, or that they think of somewhere they got to go. You know, you start thinking of all those things. You know, here, let me tell you what to do. Start asking God. When somebody starts laying something like that on you, ask God, God, if you've done this, if this is not an accident, you've done this, then give me a word for them. Tell me something to share with them. And I know, I know what you're scared of. You're scared of, oh my goodness, I'd be scared to tell them something that's from God because it probably wouldn't. I, you know, I don't know if it'd be from me or from God. Let me tell you, ask God to give you a word. Because when He does, you will know it. Because it will be something you'd have never thought about in a million years. Because you're thinking about, I'd sue that doctor if he did that to me. That's what you're thinking, right? And God will put, drop something. And it won't happen. And every person you run into, it's not going to happen. But when you get one of those situations, and one of your friends is struggling, maybe even on Facebook, you're reading that, so, oh God, give me a word to help them with. And something drops into your spirit. Just like when I was on the phone that day. God is giving you a word of prophecy. Or it doesn't mean like, in the future. So it just means, here's your word. Hey, here's just something I just feel in my spirit right now. And you will know it's from God because it is something you would not have thought about on your own. And then we've got uh, discerning of spirits, right? Which is knowing the nature of a spirit. Let me, let me give you a physical example of how God does this in the spirit. Armando and I both had a situation happen to us this past week. Thursday night, I was here at the church and uh, some other people were here setting up for an event. And uh, a guy walked up to the door and and he started giving me a spiel about how he needed money to get to such and such place. And there's some specific details. And uh, I need this and this and all, all this and everything. And, and uh, I, I knew, you know, and he was hoping we had a lot of money here. We don't keep money here. This is one of the reasons. Another reason we don't want people to rob the church. But, I mean, we don't keep money here. We get it in the bank and all that. And so we didn't have any money. I reached in my pocket. I knew what I had in my pocket. Now, as I was pulling it out, I was saying, look, all I've got and all I can get to is just the $2 I've got in my pocket. And he turned around and walked away. And I've never had anybody. I mean, any, even somebody that was just wanting drug money or cigarette money. You know, 
two dollars, that's the two-thirds of a pack of cigarettes or something like that. I don't know what they, what they cost anymore. Uh, you know, I remember my uncle said he was going to quit when they got up to a dollar, and I don't think he did. Uh, but, and, and, you know, I've never had anybody walk away from those two dollars. You know, but he did. He got, he got in a hurry, you know, got in a truck. I thought, man, I've offended him. My two dollars offended him. So I put it back in my pocket uh, and then found out today how it's going to bless somebody else. Never mind. That's another, another issue. And when I walked back inside, one of the people that was here said the reason he got in a hurry is because he recognized me because he's always in and out of my store asking me for money. And when he saw my face, he was ready to get out of there because he knew I was about to tell you something about him. Okay? The next night, Armando calls me. Armando is at the ice house, and a guy asks him for money. He's got to have gas. And he starts, and some of the story that he tells Armando is the same story that I was hearing on Thursday night. And, and Armando, just like me, I meant the thing you, I meant pastors saying, we got to impact our community. We got to touch our community. Armando said, you know, he said, I have my card. I was ready to give him a touch card, you know, and, you know, and I was ready to help him out. And the lady inside the store came and told him, or, or when Armando went in, said, don't give him any money. And she started telling him about it. He said, don't give him any money. And so Armando walked out and he was, uh, you know, now not knowing what to do. And as he, and, and the guy approached him and the lady followed him out the door and said, don't you give him any money. And stopped him from getting money. Or, uh, you know, long story short, Armando gets in his car, starts riding down the road. The guy leaves. Armando gets in his car, leaves, and he sees the guy's pulled off the side of the road and is flashing his lights at him. Like, you know, stop. You know, you know, I still want that money, you know. The, and, and so Armando's like, now Armando realizes, no, I'm not sure about this anymore. You know, God, maybe God's protecting me here. And so he just drives on by and he keeps on going. You know what? Those two ladies, the lady that was here at this church and the lady who was at the ice house that night, they knew something about that guy that I didn't know that Armando didn't know. They, they knew just a physical because they had seen things that we didn't know. And they were able to warn us. I mean, $2, $5, wasn't going to change a whole lot of us. Other than it gives me a good example for you today of what God knows. God knows the spirit behind everything going on out there. And sometimes, sometimes you will see things or, or hear things or, 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 and, and it'll make you say, ah, oh, this may be an opportunity. But listen to God and He will say, no, this is a place you don't need to waste your time or your money. And He will show you through discerning of spirits this is not a place. That's what God does. That was a very physical example of how God does that. And say, so you want to save yourself some money? You want to quit throwing your money and giving your money to, to, you know, to drug addicts and drunks and things that are, are, you know, are just lying to you about wanting to pray? Listen to God. He will show you those kinds of things. Uh, and let me hear you. have got tongues. Tongues is speaking in a language that is unknown to the person who is speaking. Now, that's weird. Why would God do that? Isn't that weird? You know, yeah, it's weird. Let me, tell you, let me give you a couple of reasons God does that. One is in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Here's what was happening. The Holy Spirit fell, power hit those people, and 120 people ran out of the, uh, of the upper room. They went on the streets, and, and they were all talking. There were thousands of people in Jerusalem that weekend because of the festival, the Feast of Pentecost. Thousands of people, and they heard all this, and they came running up, and they were bewildered. They weren't bewildered that people were speaking in tongues. They were just, you know, babbling because now some people, they thought, oh, that's just funny. They thought it was weird. But the people that were bewildered, that were actually pricked in their conscience and made, and that stopped them, made, I, I gotta pay attention to this, is they were people from other countries and other lands and other nations that they were hearing these men that were raised in Galilee and these women that were raised in Galilee, uneducated people, people that had not been and learned languages of other languages. They were hearing them speak in their foreign language right there and it challenged them. That's why God did it that day. But He does it other times too. And that's not something that happens every day, right? Obviously. But let me tell you something that does happen a whole lot. And it's another time, and, and uh, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
He talked about how when you speak in tongues to yourself, not speaking out to others, but when you speak, it is the Holy Spirit praying for you and edifying or building you up or praying what you don't know how to pray. You know, when you don't, you ever, you ever been to the place where you don't know how to pray? You don't know what to say? God, I, I, I you know, most of the time I, I kind of know what I'd like to have, you know, even if it ain't what I need. Sometimes I get to a place I don't even know what I need. I don't know what I'd like to have. I don't know anything. And the Holy Spirit prays. Another place Paul writes and says, the Holy Spirit with groanings and utterings makes known to God the things that we need. Isn't that cool? That the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, prays for me? That's cool, man. That's awesome. That is an amazing thing that God wants to pray for me. And listen to how he's praying. Remember how, how this thing is going. If the Holy Spirit prays through me like that, the Holy Spirit prays through me. So it's the Holy Spirit praying to Jesus who then asks the Father, man, i got all three of them tied up now. When the Holy Spirit prays for me, i got all three of them. It's done, buddy. That is cool. That is amazing. That is awesome. So when you think, and, and, and let me get this one. I'll come back to that. Interpretation. What is interpretation? It is understanding in an unknown tongue. That's when someone, someone who has an interpretation of a word or something that is spoken in, in another language, does that happen, Pastor? It happened when I was a little boy in my home church. One of the best examples I could probably ever give you, I think, was this. I remember uh, one Sunday morning that one of the families in our church had a family member from another, another state. They were from out of state. They were visiting that day. They were in church with us. This was a man who had studied and knew four languages. was able to converse in four languages. He didn't just know, say, habla espanol. I mean, he could, good, he could converse in four languages. In the middle of that service, at some point, someone started speaking out loud in a foreign language. And it was obvious they didn't know the language. You know, I mean, I, I, I know they don't know that language, you know, because I know that person. They spoke this, you know, and everybody kind of got quiet and listened. And then a few minutes later, somebody else started speaking. And they started with something like, thus says the Lord. And they started speaking in English. And we kind of understood, okay, this is the interpretation or the translation of what this was just said. And this man who was there, God did this for him because what he saw, what he heard, is he knew that the person giving the interpretation, you can look they don't know that language. You look at they they didn't learn that language. They're not giving the translation because they learned it in school. Because the thing he really knew was he didn't just understand the English. The message was in one of the languages that he understood in the university. And he knew that language and this language being English. And he knew that that was from God. Does God do that kind of stuff? Here's the way I believe about God's power and how God moves. I believe God is sovereign and He can do whatever He wants to. <laughs> you know, so if He chooses to do something this way today and this way, hey, He's sovereign and I'll, I'm ready for Him to do whatever He wants to. Tongue thing, that's weird, Pastor. Let me just remind you, Paul said, I wish all of you spoke in tongues but I wish you prophesied more than you spoke in tongues. Saying, I wish you would get a word from God for somebody else more than you pray in a tongue to edify yourself. Because you know what? 
I kind of ran out of time with early service. I'm going to take just another minute here just to say one thing. If you look at that list, there is very little of that up there that is from me. Almost every bit of that up there is for God to use me for somebody else. Other than that little that tongue, that unknown language of praying, now that's for me. That's blessing me. That's what Paul said. Paul said, man, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. He said, I wish you did more than just that. And I think maybe, God, do I have permission or direction to say this? I think maybe that's where some of us just stop right there. Tongues is enough or whatever. Because that's all that's for us. And we don't go seeking God for the rest of it. God wants to use you, not to just bless you. God wants to use you to minister to someone else. Amen. Come on, uh, musicians, come on. Got one last thing. So just might give them a moment to move. So I, I know, I know, I know at your age, ADD's kicking in really big with these people moving around everywhere. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you one last thing. You know, if you're not if you're not a child of God, as far as you know, accepting Him as your Savior. Today, you start that. You know, it may be that you're sitting here thinking, wow, I thought God just wanted me to quit sinning. I didn't want to know that He wanted to also use me to be a blessing to people. Yeah. Man, He, he, he wants you to do greater things. It's more than just sin. But today, you can make a decision. You can say, I'm ready for this thing to start. If you do, please let me know. I want to pray for you. I want to help you. I want to embarrass you. I want to give you some stuff. I want to, I got some first steps things. But if you've already done that, then please listen to me. This last final little point. Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross of Calvary, He was dreaming of a church. When He stood on that mount and He was about to go back to heaven, He told the disciples, the Holy Spirit's coming. He didn't tell them how many days, but it was about 10 days. The Holy Spirit's coming. He was dreaming of a church. He was not dreaming of a church that would struggle, that would be defeated, that would be confused, that would not know what next. And you are the church. You're the, I'm the, you're the church. We are the church. He was not dreaming that we would be defeated or confused or that we would be the ones, oh, I don't know what's going on with my life. He, would, he dreamed that we would be the ones that were answering those people on Facebook. Let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you what God can do for you. That's who He's dreaming. Bottom line is this. By the power of the Holy Spirit, people are supposed to be different because they know you. If nobody is different because they know you, then you need to start praying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I start impacting people's lives. That's what He dreamed of. He dreamed of a church that would impact people's lives. Not a church that would just go through the motions and nobody even knew that they came. Bottom line is, people are supposed to be different because they know you. Are they? Are people different in a good way because they have a relationship with you? Stand with me.